Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast, your one-stop shop to finding your passion and living it out right now. I'm your host, Sammy Beatrice, a college student and passion coach committed to helping you, whether you're in school or working a nine to five, find your passion that you can do every single day and help you love your life a little bit more because of it. On this podcast, you will hear from successful guests as well as solo episodes from your host, all about tips on how to find your passion and how to implement it into your life, even when you feel like you don't have enough time to. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited to have Sabrina Run back here, who is a heart and lung surgical advanced private practice provider. And she's also what people call her the queen of productivity and performance. So Sabrina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. And thanks everyone for listening in. We know you can be anywhere and you choose us. So appreciate your time. Yes, for sure. So can you give people a little bit more about who you are, what you do exactly, and sort of the journey uh, for you to get to this point where you are today? Yeah, appreciate it giving me the chance. So I work in heart lung surgery. And at the same time, I have more than 10 years experience in public health and neuroscience. A few years back, I was just like any typical people who are fresh out feeling like you got to do more, prove to yourself that you can be someone who's resourceful, who can just do everything, build up our CV. And once we get to a certain point, now we can relax. I think that's the major misconception that a lot of people have. And to a point, I was waking up barely eight o'clock in the morning and feeling exhausted because I was taking call again the night before. I remember that was the month that I took calls for 29 days straight. And it wouldn't have been so bad except my body's feeling weak and my hands are even cranking. And I was still scrubbed in having my hands inside a patient's open chest for his heart surgery. I'm typically the one who's always chatting, going, thinking about things, engaging with other people. And that day I was quiet. So the nurses even noticed, wow, Sabrina's quiet, probably not a good sign. So they passed on Dayquan cough drug just to keep me going for the remainder of the day, knowing that typically a heart surgery our cases are at least four to five hours long. And I remember I had two of them that day. Of course, the next morning when I woke up, cover was nice sweat, could barely get out of bed. I had to convince myself, I guess this is it. It can't go in anymore. Finally got on the phone with my boss and he said, Sabrina, you couldn't tell me this sooner? Now, I feel like my story is not even unique. Like many professionals who are devoted to their career are simply knowing that they have to give. They put them clients first and they put everything else first as an excuse, actually. And then somehow when we're thinking about respect, advocate, we lose that part of value for ourselves or even to our colleagues because we're driven by numbers. We're driven by productivity, driven by ROI. But at the end of the day, that ROI means a lot more than a proportional of money. So I had to realize 
it doesn't take a medical degree to tell you when you got to rest. When if you just keep getting another mark, another mark, we are actually damaging our self confidence and damaging who we are as a person. And those are sabotaging tendencies where I later discovered. So I went back to my root, which is in public health, where I studied on self-care, self-efficacy, and performance, and learned from other peak performers in different universities or professional trainers, come up with a simple system that turned my life around. So now I'm happy to say I still work in surgery and I also help empower other ambitious young professionals in these demanding careers to be able to become that influential key figure in their field, have their voice so they won't feel overwhelmed, underappreciated or undervalued. And you can truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. 100%. And I think that is such a testament to sort of the idea of this podcast, because really this podcast is a way for those who feel like they don't know how to find their passion to help them find their passion and really improve areas of their life. That way they can sort of clear those blocks in order to figure out what they love in their life. And I want to really talk about like energy and sort of like personal energy and sort of how we can improve it because I know for me, a big piece of what's going on in my life right now is that like I'll get enough rest, but I still don't feel well rested enough. And a lot of it has to do with like my anxiety and stuff like that. But I really want to touch on a lot of that because I think that especially during these times right now where there's so much unknown and there's so much that's going on. A lot of people are having trouble functioning every day or having trouble sleeping and stuff like that. So I want to sort of ask you what that system was that you used to sort of replenish yourself and, and come back and find these routines that you could utilize in your everyday to sort of help you wake up feeling well rested and, and be able to function in your 10 hour days. Yeah, such a perfect question. I was actually just on ABC News talking about this. A recent study have shown us the new age of burnout is 32 years old. And majority of people who are in these major cities, guess what? Are all in that early 30 state. We're just ready to jump out, to go and just start to live our life. And can you imagine you haven't really went out the gate where you just start going with your life and you're already losing that part of you. So what I say is we don't actually have a burnout issue. It's a dilemma. And that dilemma really is related to what? Boundary issue and leadership issue. We were never really taught how to set healthy boundary and lead ourselves and those around us. And it's not about learning about your leadership type, but how to bring out the best in others. Because no one works for you. We all work for ourselves. When we're truly able to tap into our own natural passion and proficiency, then we can connect better. So now, how do we feel like that energy part, right? And... Small things like daylight saving that we just gone through earlier this month, those set up the differences in our body. Some people think, oh, I got an extra hour of sleep. Not really. Actually, it's messing up your sleep energy cycle. So on the average basis, so our sleep cycle is about 90 minutes. 
So we go to these light brain wave to the deeper brain delta and then start picking back up again. If we wake up the brain wave when we're in the third and fourth stage of sleep, that's a deep one. Doesn't matter if you slept for nine hours, you're still going to wake up groggy and not focused. So that's one small part. But what else? Most people feel like you are constantly on the go. You don't allow yourself to give yourself that tiny period of reboot. And it doesn't mean the way that have to be doing what I teach you, but it's scientifically proven. However, at least step up, stretch, go to a water break, go to the bathroom. Some people even tell me that, Serena, I can't even drink water because I'm afraid that I have to go. Like, yeah, that's the purpose. <laughs> you have to keep yourself energy. It could simple as drink your water <laughs> because our body depletes and your brain actually not going to function as well, right? 10% of fluid up there. And that's the small things. So if we have time on the podcast, we can do an exercise together to within two minutes, instantly bring back your focus and energy. Otherwise, people can download my exercise, go to sabrinarunback.com forward slash energy. But those are like smaller things we can actually add on to our lives. It won't take that much time or energy, but actually give you a dramatic output. I love that so much. And I think that it's like when I, I used to actually be in tune with like my sleep patterns and sort of wake up like at the lightest sleep pattern. And it actually like I was waking up and feeling well rested. It was such a wild thing for me to realize. I was like, wait, this is this actually possible? You know, because before I was just waking up like when I need to wake up, like whether it was like 4.30 or whether it was 6.30, whenever I need to wake up, I woke up and and some days I felt well rested and some days I didn't, you know? And so I just figured that's how life went. And then when I started to dive into sleep patterns, I was like, whoa. So I think that is a very important thing to talk about. And I hope that my listeners will check out your your practice because I think that it's super important for just everyday life. I want to sort of touch on... Especially, like I mentioned before, especially nowadays, a lot of unknown is surrounding us and a lot of chaos and commotion, we'll call it, is there, is ever present. And I want to touch on sort of a big thing that I have been beginning to do, which is sort of, you know, starting my days and integrating in the middle of my days ways for me to instill mindfulness and presence and just being able to remember where I am, what I'm doing, and what's my next step. And I want you to touch on that a little bit and sort of talk about what are some of the ways and why is it important that we should have little breaks throughout the day and also ways that we could, I know it's a loaded question, but ways that we could begin to especially now that we're all like, usually we work from the same room, begin to feel like we're being productive while also not doing as much. Right. That's such a great question. I really tie into what we just spoke about, taking these two minute mental breaks. Why do we say that? It's because right after you take these breaks, the key component of what I ask people to do is setting the new intention for your next task. So you predetermine your behavior, your tendency of how you want to show up 
Therefore, even if a difficult situation occurs, you already know how you want to show up. No longer in a defensive state where you have no preparation. So that is what fight and flight. Do I need to defend myself and be all riled up, be angry about it? How could people not seeing what I'm my effort putting in? Or I'm so scared, I don't even know what to say. So I'm bailing. And that's why we have these little breaks. On top of that, we have what's called mental chatter in psychology. And there are 40 to 80 million thoughts that are going through our mind every day. And more than 80% of them are from the previous task and previous day. Which means if you're going into a new task or meeting a new client or people, it's not fair to take out all the baggages or all the thought process you had with a previous person to the next one. You're not being intentional. You can't really actively listening to the next person. For a simple example, when was the last time you talked to, let's say, your best friend or a close family member? And while you're having a conversation, your mind is already thinking about, ooh, I have to pick up laundry. I need a grocery shop. I have this thing I haven't done yet. Your mind is going all over the place instead of staying in that zoom of just listening to that person. And if we constantly doing that, it's not fair for our own mental fitness and it's not fair for the person that we're interacting because there's no way that we can multitask. There's only multi-shifting of your tendency and thoughts. So you're actually wasting time if we have multiple browsers up, right? Thinking, oh, I'll check email here. I'll uh, research this, right? And then these back and forth, you're losing your concentration. And if we're bombarding our mind by constantly having new things add onto each other, you will never actually get focused enough just to do that one thing. So having these little breaks, these micro mental vacation, what I call them, is for you to refresh, reset. So you can be super concentrated, be able to spend less time to get those done instead of what? Our typical thing, give me another five minutes. And five minutes goes by, you barely do anything. Yes, I love that so much. And I love how it's multi-shifting and not multitasking. I think that it really... It makes more sense in my mind now how it works. I thought I always could multitask and then I realized how ineffective it was because I was always sort of redoing things after I did five things at once. And so I think that it just, it makes more sense why I don't do it anymore because it's, it's a shift in sort of how your brain is. And I really think that that is sort of eye-opening in a way. I would like to move and touch on Continue talking about like multitasking, multi-shifting, all kinds of like that, but really talk about like why we do it for and why we feel so inclined to do it. And I want to know your opinion on it because I think that, you know, for me, the biggest reason why I multitask is because I feel like I have to get a certain amount of things done in a day. And so I try and do three things at once. That way I can get all three of them done and then I can move on to the next and sort of have more time at the end of the day to relax and do whatever. But I want to know your opinion on sort of why we multitask and and why we shouldn't. <laughs> I know you explained that second part already, but just sort of uh, touch on that a little bit more. Yes. In a neuroscience perspective, we know our frontal lobe 
right? This part of the brain is for your logical thinking, decision-making, concentration. For those people who, let's say, have ADD, these frontal lobes are less active, especially things like when we're doing an exam, doing interview, where we have to really pay attention to the things that we're doing and make quick decisions. Now, let's just say we couldn't scan everyone. We don't know where our brain is. (laughs) In a sense of the tendency of what you're just saying, so valid. People feel like if I can do multiple things at the same time, maybe I'll have more time at the end of the day. I would challenge you. When was the last time you actually had more time at the end of the day when you're doing that? Like how often are you able to achieve? (laughs) Right. So it's a lie that we told ourselves that we can instead of facing the reality because most of the time we don't actually know how long it would take us to finish a task. So something we can do is that we have to intentionally block out One task for time block. This is the half hour I'm going to check email. This is the hour I'm going to write my report and do my analysis. This is the half hour I'm going to actually take a break to eat lunch and not staring at my 10,000 screens. Uh, When you actually intentionally block those time and make that non-negotiable, Now, that's the key is instead of feeling like I have to do a lot and those things are good to do, you now make things non-negotiable means you prioritize something instead of having 10 things on your list, you're only picking one, two, three. Keep things simple and doable. If not doable, guess what? Our fight flight become, it's going to be too difficult. I know this will bring me some result I want, but at a time being, I feel like this other task, it will be so much easier to do. So if fine, I'll just do them for five minutes. But these little five minutes here and there are robbing your precious time. Instead of picking the things that truly will move your life forward and produce you more time in the future. Yes, yes, yes. And like I said before, like whenever I did multitask, I would always have to go back to one or two of the tasks that I did sort of with another one and sort of fix it and and alter it because I mess up on something or I didn't do it right or stuff like that. So yes, you are speaking the truths of multitasking for sure. I want to, I think it's it's very similar, but I want to talk a little bit about stress. I want to talk about I would say this distress epidemic that I've been seeing lately and sort of the idea that when we wake up in the morning, we have this anxiety of like, oh my God, let me check my phone first thing, see what everyone else is doing, see what I need to respond to. And then we go check the email and we go check Facebook, we go check Instagram, we do all the things. And then we're like, crap, we're like, okay, what do we do now? You know, now we're all stressed out about 70 million different things and we're going to start multitasking and we'll start to complete things all together at the same time. I've learned that that is not good. I've learned from experience that that that, that does not work. Um, And I've begun to really take the first hour of my day and not check anything. And then when I'm ready, you know, when I have my coffee, when I have, when I'm ready for the day, I sit down at my desk and then I go through everything one by one and complete it, you know, complete what is asked of me. And I think that a lot of people don't know to do that. They don't know the benefits of it. And so I want to know your opinion on that. And I want want you to give my listeners advice 
on that same topic of like how we can combat the stress throughout our day and how that starts first thing in the morning. Such a great point to bring out. Now, from my own research and also cognitive behavior psychology, we know one good behavior triggers multiple things in the future. And that's one of the reasons there are so many publications and books on morning routine. It's not even about waking up earlier. It's actually just about the first couple hours you do with the time when you wake up. So one simple advice I typically give to people is we have to give ourselves validation of our own true self. You need to be able to feel the confidence in your own nature. And how do we do that? The night before, I will want you to write down one sentence you actually love by yourself and truly believe in that sentence, not something fluff. Not only you need to write down, I'm going to ask you to take a step further to program as your morning alarm. Write it on those, that no section when that alarm rang instead of saying Monday or wake up. And now you have this beautiful sentence that you wrote about yourself. And guess what? The first thing you read about yourself is something positive. And that's set up on a good note to trigger the rest of your day. And what can you do more? We said words are powerful. And if you speak them out loud, it becomes more real. So once you get up, I typically do basic stretches for our neck, shoulders, because when you're sleeping, everything is tightening up. So many people are doing issues with when they write multiple gratitude journals, but they're not helping and not working out for them. And why is that? Just because it's become a chore instead of something you're truly doing for your own well-being and you believe what you're doing is for a purpose. So when you are able to speak out loud, that further validates yourself. So building your confidence from the beginning and not let any other external naysayers or barriers to drag you down. I agree 100%. And I truly think the same. I think that a lot of the time, like like I mentioned before, a lot of the time people are just so inclined to get things on the minute they wake up and it's not, it's not healthy. It's not something that you should be doing. And I love that practice of like writing one thing down that you love about yourself, because I believe that you should treat yourself like you would your best friend. It's that important, you know, and I think self-love is a big thing that is being emphasized nowadays. And it's just something that should be emphasized. Before we roll into the final question, I first want to thank you for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom. It has been truly, truly eye-opening for me and really inspiring to me. I want to uh, first, for those of my listeners who want to find out more about you, where can they find you on the web? I'm very active on Instagram and LinkedIn. And my handle is my full name, Sabrina Rombach. And feel free to check out my website. I do run intensives for people who are in a state of they either are aspiring leaders in their organization 
or they are entrepreneurs who are running their thing, their passion. But what I want you to prevent is instead of thinking you have to devote all of you into something, we want you to have the great solid foundation. Otherwise, guess what? We're going to turn passion into a poison. And mm-hmm. before you even enjoy your life and you're already so overwhelmed. Yes, yes. And all her links will be down below for you guys to check out. And then let's roll into the final question of the podcast, which is something that I ask every single guest who has ever been on. So based off of the title of this podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion, what is one tip that you would give those who are dreaming based off of how you have fashioned your passion? I love that many people have many stories that they can bring out in life and you have many passions and joy and that's wonderful. However, we do have to say no to almost everything. Then you can say, hey, yes, to the only thing that truly matter. Because if we stretch ourselves thin, let's say six different things, then you're going to move all of them in a snail base instead of picking one thing that you truly love about and really good at, right? Need to be both. Then you can go rise up like a rocket ship and launch into your success. I absolutely love that. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it immensely. For those of you listening, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Screenshot you listening to this episode. Post it on your Instagram story and tag both Sabrina and I. And let us know what you learned in this episode. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.